guys welcome back welcome back to the podcast here on this podcast we discuss a lot of different um, things regarding um, different theories spirituality different topics surrounding like relationships um, you know y'all know me I kind of tend to ramble a bit but um, for those of you who like that, welcome back. Um, here we go. Um, so, overall, something that I've noticed is, you know, when it comes to LGBTQ plus topics, um, when we start involving you know, organized religions, and a lot of different, you know, traditional, you know, thought and traditional uh, cultures, Um, you know, LGBTQ plus people, um, you know, there, it, it depends what society you grow up in, if you are going to have a positive experience, a negative experience, a little bit of both and some things in here and there in between, or, you know, what your life is really going to look like, um, can you live authentically having an LGBTQ plus identity and, you know, live your life? unapologetically who you are um can you is it possible for some people it's definitely possible and easier maybe not easier maybe you know because people it's hard to really judge one person's experience versus another person's experience and say this is easier like on the surface some things look easy because maybe people don't cry in public about it or they don't talk about their trauma or they don't, you know, verbalize any, any in any way that you would know um, kind of what goes on in their lives. Like, you know, I have a, I have a really close friend, um, gay friend that, you know, we used to work together. Uh, we're still very close friends. And I specifically remember once, um, or multiple times, you know, when I started getting, I was already comfortable with him, but I started getting real comfortable, you know, opening up to him about my life, about, um, you know, like LGBTQ plus types of, uh, things. Um, and yes, I specifically remember just, you know, we, we got into a, a conversation about prejudice, um, not like too, it wasn't really even, um, too involved about, like, our experiences in life with prejudices and things like that, and 
discrimination, uh, being gay people, queer people, but I kind of just talked to him a little bit about my own kind of like experience growing up with kind of like, I don't even want to call it gender confusion because that's not really what it was. Um, just mostly growing up in a religious environment where there weren't really words or processes where you could explore any aspects of your identity. Everyone was kind of just told, this is right and this is wrong. So you had like a list of things that were right things and a list of things that were wrong things. And overall, everybody was expected to be you know, trying their hardest to do what's on the list of what the religion considered right, and then trying to do the least amount of the stuff that was considered not right. And, you know, you were just never really given proper answers to things. You know, a lot of things came down to the tradition of the church. I'm recording while I'm driving, so please, I do apologize that it is loud I understand and I really hate you know recording poor quality while driving but sometimes it's like I'm really not gonna have other time to record some of the times I've got to be driving when I'm recording um otherwise you know I'll record way less than I do um And when else am I going to get, like, a straight two hours to just record? Um, Other than when I'm driving to or from San Diego, between San Diego and L.A., that's the easiest time. Uh, When I visited good friends in in Chino Hills, I drove uh, to and from uh, one part of L.A. to the other. And that bought me a good hour or so recording to and from as well. So... I appreciate people who put up with the background noise. I try to talk louder, um, but I'm using iPhone earbuds, and maybe I'll look into um, earbuds that have maybe the microphone closer to the face, because I think maybe with this one being lower down towards my collar, maybe it rubs, maybe it, you know, bounces around a little bit, with the bumping, jumping of the car on the, on the on the freeway here, driving the five south. Um, so that's kind of I got real distracted there. But basically, um, a lot of religion it does talk about traditions. Um, they value the traditions maybe sometimes a lot of times more than what the scripture or the books or the scripts or the teachings actually say Um, it becomes like a cultural identity of things that people are expected to do and not do more so than actual like big picture Um, and a lot of the time when people are growing up with LGBTQ plus um, topics, if you're from my generation, you probably grew up in the millennial generation. I'm an elder millennial, and we grew up 
overall with the ideas of um, you know most churches most religions overall were not going out of their way to help and support LGBTQ plus people they weren't having programs designed for them or catering towards them in any method um, it was kind of just like yeah those people exist they're over there they probably shouldn't be in our religion and we're just gonna preach and talk and teach about how wrong it is and that's basically where a lot of us were kind of raised in that some of us were luckier to be raised more so around people who were just maybe silent maybe that's a little bit better than having the confrontation um just like people keeping their mouths shut about their you know insensitive opinions and then a lot of us were you know there there are probably a smaller group of people that were raised in my generation with being around positive support um <clears throat> ooh, these guys are gonna crash oh my gosh people drive so fast um So, wow, the nostalgia, man, like, it smells like summer around here, you guys, I'm driving down the five, um, I'm over near Camp Pendleton, you can kind of see the, see the ocean a little bit, smell the campfires a little bit, smell the ocean breeze a little bit right before sundown on a Friday night um, we're approaching 8pm here hence the religious and spirituality topics you guys who know me you know kind of the traditions I was raised with I still adhere to some of those traditions regardless of what I do otherwise so I'm very fond of Sabbath traditions, especially, you know, the appeal of not working and the appeal of taking a break for 24 hours and disconnecting from um, just secular world, non-spiritual topics, um, and just diving into, um, into the depth of um, more spiritual and otherworldly topics for you know we can do this at least 24 hours a week or 24 hours consecutively during the week um, I don't do it uh, like all the time every week but it's something that I've definitely incorporated more into my life I find a lot of benefit from it I really love it and it really suits me well um, <clears throat> to participate in the way that I do I do my own method of everything, so that's that. Um, so, what is it that um, people who are raised in a religion, you know, what what does it look like? Like, I talk about this a lot, but maybe not always. I don't always post it on all of my podcasts. Like, I have a podcast that's more specifically 
toward the LGBTQ population, and I do posts on such podcasts. I um, have other podcasts that aren't necessarily talking about those topics all the time. So just to break some things down, depending where this is being posted, um, there are a lot of letters to the rainbow alphabet. A lot of times people say LGBT or LGBT plus or LGBTQ plus or LBGT. Um, a lot of people say LGBTQIA, you know, all of those, you know, letters stand for an identity, either gender related identity or a sexuality related identity. So, uh, just a quick debrief people who don't, who people who don't really maybe know, um, and it's okay if you don't know, everybody learns at a certain point, eventually, right, we all eventually learn, and so if you don't know every single thing on the face of the planet, and you don't know what LGBTQ plus stands for, I feel like I should maybe not keep on recording without describing it for those who might not really know, like, what the heck I'm saying, um, so... It stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, that's LGBTQ. Some people say queer, some people say questioning. Those are not the same thing. Um, I'll go more, a little more into depth, but I'm, it's it, the definition parts, I'm going to keep it short because you can definitely look that up elsewhere google google can be your friend youtube is basically google with videos so there's plenty of content on google that will help anybody out who wants to learn lgbtq plus um the plus basically means that there are more letters to the alphabet the rainbow alphabet and there are more being added um some of the other letters that you hear popularly are um i which is intersex a which is asexual um so not all of the sexualities and gender identities are named under the rainbow alphabet um you know non-binary um non-gender um gender queer um I mean even people who are you know drag people who dress in drag that has really nothing to do necessarily with their sexuality or gender identity per se it could just be a job or a hobby 
um, it tends, they tend to appear in queer spaces and originated from queer people of color, from black queer culture, um, as far as in the Western culture, um, and it's more of an outward presentation and expression of a gender regardless of if that person themselves identifies as a gender as that gender right so for example you know your cis male history teacher bob can wear a dress and still be a cis male uh teacher who might be heterosexual and that's how he identifies but he's wearing clothing that is typically um, the presentation of a a female. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he identifies that way. A lot of these things involve a person themselves talking about their own personal identity. There's not a way that you can specifically look at a person regardless of if their t-shirt says something or if they've got rainbows and glitter and makeup all over everywhere and high heels and ass chaps and whatever you see it doesn't necessarily mean that a person identifies with how they're dressing how they're talking the mannerisms that they use these things can be meaning something or it might just naturally be that that person is doing these things and it has nothing to do with how they actually personally identify you can take an example from people who are in the closet and are not out and don't want anyone to know about their identity they tend to gravitate and not like they like it necessarily but they tend to portray themselves as a cis hetero person with all the heteronormative looking qualities they date cisgender hetero people of the opposite sexual of the opposite sex they you know don't dress in a way where they're probably having rainbows everywhere or where there would be anything where somebody would look and question like huh maybe maybe you know or a big common like i think this comes up in um Whereas both a big common thing um, is, um, you know, when you go into certain clubs or bars or events and they stamp your hand, um, that's a big that's a big thing to forget um, to wash off if you're not trying to be open about where you've been. And so, if you don't wash it off, people will see it and they will know if they know what that means, they'll know where you've been. And so, you know, just a little spoiler, in an episode of Queer As Folk, there was a, one of the main characters is like 16, 17 years old. He sneaks into a gay bar called Babylon and he gets a hand stamp and it's a, it's a hand stamp of a, of like, you know that symbol for like, how there's a symbol for male, symbol for female, and it's a symbol for male. And he has that stamp on his hand and then I think the next day his mom asked him to drive the car and he's holding the steering wheel and you can see that like the mom looks over and sees that stamp on his hand 
you know, that's something that wasn't hidden. <laughs> um, and he wasn't really trying to come out to her either at that very point in time. And so things like that. Um, and so that's, that's going to be as much as I'm going to say about all that. Usually when I'm talking about, you know, LGBTQ plus related topics, I say gay, I say queer, um, and that's just my own speech, um, because, you know, when I'm talking, you know, it's going to be hard to be like LGBTQIA, all these different letters and things, like, it's just easier for me to say just like one word, um, or LGBTQ, or LGBT, or LGBTQ+. Um, I kind of use everything kind of interchangeably, and unless I'm specifically talking about something, uh, some, some type of identity, I don't generally say more. Um, so, when it comes to something I want to address, which is concerns that I have as an elder millennial I mean I've got official gray hair now so I feel like I I have the rights to speak on this now um there are a lot of youth that are queer out there shout out shout out to you all just so you know things things can get good you know if it's not working out well for you it can get better, you know, regardless of all the discrimination that a lot of people face, you know, it can get better. And, you know, the main focus, you know, if you focus on studying or learning a craft that you can support yourself, you can move anywhere that you want to move, you can live anywhere that you want to live, and you can find areas where you can make your own community join community, have non-biological family that you can still call family that supports you and loves you regardless of who you are um, and doesn't always hold prejudices against you even though they're supposed to be loving and kind and caring for you. You can create your own life. Um, you know, the better your education is, the more opportunities you'll have just to get a foot in the door. Um, important things to know about are definitely, you know, jobs that you can get into, you can support yourself, you can make money, you can buy, you know, or support living even by yourself if you have to, to make it more comfortable on yourself. Um, Roommates aren't all as cracked up to be. Take it from me. Um, but it it can get better. It can get better. And you know, there's a large population of LGBTQ plus um, youth that are disowned, displaced, kicked out in shelters are homeless, living on the streets, this is not uncommon. It's not okay that people have to deal with that just because of how they identify themselves. 
but society's not always going to support us. We have to find ways to support each other and support ourselves. Um, you know, sometimes you just got to give the middle finger to the people who just don't understand and turn around and walk away and live your life in your own truth and you do what you've got to do for your own safety and your own mental health and your own physical health um, and you know it doesn't have to end up in tragedy you know people don't have to end their lives just to get away from things um, there's support out there it can be hard to find and hard to come by. On my Tomboy Official podcast on Anchor.fm, also on Spotify, also on Apple Podcasts, it, you know, there are some resources in there. Um, so wherever this is being posted, just find those resources if, if, they, if you need them sometimes even using the resources to advocate for yourself you still have to advocate for yourself within those systems because sometimes there'll be broken systems not every place is southern california not every place is san francisco not every place is amsterdam you know not every place is going to be understanding even if they're supposed to be not every staff you come across is going to know how to work with you or has even seen anybody or worked with anybody like you um, it's getting more and more common, but it's not, we're not fully there yet, guys. So, um, it's rough out there for us, but it, you know, um, we can write our own book too, you know? So, you know, talking to even the baby gays, the ones who were maybe not young necessarily by age, but newly out people or newly questioning people or people who are curious and just trying to figure things out. Uh, this is for you too. You know, just to put it out there, you know. Um, so pretty much, I would say, you know, from my own personal experience, um, I mean, I'm kind of weaning this. I don't even know what I was really directly going to share. But um, I can start with, I mean, I've talked about all these topics so much, but not on every single podcast. But I would just say, um, when I was younger, I mean, as far as gender... I've never identified as anything other than female, but there are definitely things about my um, life that I did not naturally want. Um, there are a lot of things regarding femininity that just still don't vibe with me, but, you know, I, hey, you know nature is nature sometimes regardless of how I identify myself my body is gonna do what it's gonna do so when I was younger um you know I I 
think I was pretty oblivious to a lot of things as far as like clothing styles and how I like to dress and what I wanted to do as far as my clothing. Um, I remember when I was little, I was, um, when I was young, I was like, ah, man, I was still, I was still living in Missouri, so I was younger than age five, maybe age five tops, probably like age four or so, um, I had, I think, an orange pair and a brown pair of, like, bell bottoms, and I had this coat it had like these buckles on it on it that's how it closed and it was like fluffy almost Christmas colors it was like a dark red and a dark green and kind of like really fake fur but it was a coat and it went down to maybe like my knees um those bell bottoms and that coat were like my favorite things to wear as well as like I had some shoes that were like almost like loafers kind of not quite sneakers and then I almost always exclusively wore sneakers and I remember when I was like four so my dad bought us these like sandals that didn't really fit too good like they were the kind that had the the strap across the toes like from one side to the other and then they didn't really have like a proper like ankle strap and they had like a a heel strap that was like um elastic and so basically to put them on you'd have to put your put pull back the elastic part and put your feet in it but it would push your your toes past the toe of the of the sandal so your toes would be like hanging off because of the elastic it was strong and it would like push your feet it would push the sandal into a position like that uh, those I didn't like, but I liked the way they looked. I just liked the idea of it, but they didn't fit right. And then I outgrew those. Um, I mean, I, I I wasn't super fashionable, but those are the earliest days that I remember choosing. I remember going to like either thrift stores or like hand-me-down places, or I don't know where they were, but I remember one of my aunts who raised me until I was about five. Like she took me to a store once where I remember seeing a pair of like kind of white shoes they were like cream white color and they had like green laces and you know there there was nothing about them that was like amazing but I saw them and of all those little girly shoes with the little buckles and the shining little church shoes those were the shoes I wanted because they didn't look like that and I remember that specifically and I must have been like four years old And there was something about them that I was like, this is what I want. I want these. I want these. And I think they were $12. And it's interesting that I even remember that. And she was like, no, we can't get something that's that price. And I I remember when I used to shop, like, for clothes or shoes or toys. I mean, a lot of times, I would be, like, young. And we didn't get to go shopping a whole lot. Like, when I moved to L.A. when we were, like, five... My parents had a little bit more financial stability at some times, more so than others. And then we were able to uh, get like maybe $20 a week to go buy a toy at certain times. Um, or we'd get $20 and we could save it or whatever. Um, or we'd get $20 a month at some points. I remember being older getting maybe like $100 a month. 
Um, I remember my first job, we got $35 a week, things like that. And so, um, I remember when I would go shopping, you know, when you're a kid, your parents take you to the aisle to shop. Like, I didn't know the stores, I didn't know where things were at, and they would just take me to, like, the pink aisle full of Barbies, and I'd just be like, you know, in my head, I, it, I didn't put two and two together almost till, like, almost just now when I started talking about it, but I was, like, I would be shopping and shopping, you know, my dad would usually go do all the shopping that he needed to do, and it would usually take a long time. It felt like it took an hour. I don't know how long it really took. And then my mom would usually take me and my brother to the toy aisles. And my brother would usually just run by himself and go find the toy and come right back. And I never really went with my brother. I just stayed with my mom. And my, or he would save his money. My brother might save his money. And this is like, I'm like four years old at this point. Maybe between four, five, six years old. And I'm, it wasn't even the prices I was looking at. Like, I was looking at the items and I was like, I don't want, I wasn't consciously saying I don't want any of this stuff, but just the amount of time it took me staring off into space and looking at all the toys on the shelves and I was like, I can't decide what I want. Uh, All these Barbies aren't really anything that I want. Um, I mean, I like dolls. I like, like doll baby dolls and I like stuffed animals I kind of really just liked them and like pretending like they were like something that I was taking care of and but other than that I don't really think there were many toys in the girl sections that I actually wanted and the dolls that I did have I was a little bit not I don't know if it was weird that I was like kind of attached to them a little bit like I was kind of like I had like favorite dolls and to, like, get a different one would be, like, replacing it. Like, it wasn't like I was trying to get a different one of the dolls that I had. Like, the dolls that I had were my dolls. And I just, those were my baby dolls. And I didn't need, like, others. Like, they were fine. Like, I didn't need to add to the, to the, and get, like, a new doll to play with. I was very loyal to my dolls. Um, even to the point that when I got older, like, almost to an age where I shouldn't be playing with dolls my sister who's younger than me started like gravitating towards one of my dolls and I used to get like a little upset with the way she would treat it because I loved it so much and I was like how dare she treats my doll like this you know and like there was one I liked the most that looked it was like a brown skinned doll that almost looked real and it came with a little diaper that and it wasn't even like soft or anything it was like rubbery just a whole full rubbery body and I would take that thing I would bathe it like you could wash it it had no hair and I think it had like a little like you could put like its thumb in its mouth or like a little pacifier and all these different sorts of stuff like that I was like so into this doll and then when my sister was old enough to start liking dolls she liked my doll and I would just get so upset that she liked my doll and she would like take it and like play with it and I'd be like how dare she like takes it off the pillow while it's sleeping in my bed and now she's like playing with my doll outside in the yard and I was just like no like this is not okay like I eventually got over that but I never 
other than that, I never really gravitated towards, like, those kind of female toys, and I had so much, so much, you know, problems trying to, like, pick stuff, like, I would literally stand there the whole time, and my parents were patient, and they're like, okay, well, next time you come shopping, you'll just have this extra money to go spend on, you know, whatever you want to buy, and then the next time we'll come around, and we go shopping, and I'd just be staring again, like, I don't know what was going through my head, like, I don't know what I was actually thinking, but I couldn't pick anything, like, there was nothing that, like, caught my attention that I cared about in those sections at all, like, even to, because it was free, like, I could have picked any old thing and just gone home with it, like, the money wasn't coming back into my pocket. I never was, like, seeing the money. It's not like my parents were, like, remembering, like, okay, there were three times where you didn't spend $20, so now you can spend 60 Like, nobody was, like, doing that. If I didn't spend the money, I didn't spend the money. Um, and I didn't really even care. Like, I was just like, okay, I didn't spend the money. Like, whatever, you know? Um, and same thing with clothing. Same exact thing, you know? Um, but with clothing, I kind of knew what I liked. Um, even when I was, when I was younger, I always wore kind of clothes that fit me almost like boys' clothes did, even if they were, like, bright pink and, like, purple hearts and all kind of little, like, really glittery stuff all over it, and I would still get clothes that fit a certain style for me. And so, um, I would always kind of remember that too that I would get those clothes that fit me in that manner um I was comfortable with it it was what I like to wear um and you know I felt good about my choices with that and you know somewhere along the line like I remember when I was when I was I don't know how old I was um but there was a certain age where I started like comparing myself to other kids you know I would like look at other kids and be like am I more like this type of kid or that type of kid and there weren't really a lot of kids that were that I could say I was a lot like them like there weren't a lot of kids that were my same race there weren't a lot of kids that were you know um similar to me in almost any fashion um all the girls I knew were super like feminine all the guys I knew were super like jock-like and then I knew like the nerdy types of crews that were kind of more my style because I was able to kind of just at least sit around and talk with different groups of people different groups of kids that didn't really play sports or weren't like necessarily accepted by like every other group of people Um, but I could kind of bounce between any kind of group and nobody really hassled me about it. Like, I could hang out with girls, I could hang out with boys, I could hang out with all kind of, like, the the math people, the science people, the religious people, the non-religious people, the people whose parents never went to church, the people who never went to church who weren't even religious, the people who, you know, were hardcore in the sports, were hardcore in the school, um, any, any group, I could just go and hang out with those people and it was fine for me I you know I kind of had a little flavor of everybody within myself that I could kind of like fit in enough just about everywhere 
Um, and that is one thing that I always, well, not always, but now maybe looking back, I find it as, uh, as, as an advantage to having a more maybe like, I don't know if I would consider myself androgynous necessarily, um, but more so androgynous than a lot of people. Um, and so I think people kind of would pick up on, on that with me and they would be comfortable with me on different levels because they could kind of relate to me about different stuff. Um, so that wasn't, that wasn't uncommon for me to be like involved, uh, with different groups of people like that. That was very normal for me to just like, what do I feel like doing today for recess? I'll play basketball for recess and then hang out with the feminine girls and sit there and talk about the cute boys in the, in Bop magazine, like Jade, Jonathan Taylor Thomas or whatever the heck was the crush at the time or whatever. Like I would just sit around and just be like, whatever, you know, um, Hanson, <laughs> that band Hanson. I mean, I was a little older then, but, um, yeah, like I was just kind of able to just pop between all these different groups and it was fine. Um, I remember being younger and looking in the mirror, like, you know, after the shower, like we had like a full, a full size mirror on one of our bathroom walls. It was like, it wasn't thin. It was like a large, I feel like that, that mirror was probably like five by six or something. It was a big mirror. Um, and it was just like one giant wall. And I remember going in there being like um you know I'd be in the bathroom for a long time (laughs) like I remember when I was a kid like we had one bathroom and I would be in there forever and because I was I wasn't just taking a bath or taking a shower I was like like thinking you know I was like deep in thought all the time um and I'd be in there you know after my shower and I'd be like without my clothes and I'd be like looking at myself in the mirror being like all right like I would just be like not checking myself out but I'd totally be looking at myself in the mirror and I would be just like you know looking at the way I looked and I would think you know what am I gonna grow up to look like when I get older how am I gonna how am I gonna look like because I couldn't picture myself with how I would look when I get older because, you know, I knew what kind of clothes I liked. I didn't know what kind of hair style I was going to have. Um, at certain points in my life, I do specifically remember praying to God to make, to make it so I didn't have glasses and so that I would have blonde hair and whiter skin. I specifically do remember that um, because where I was raised, that was the norm and I was like I don't look like any of these other kids so please God make me look like them you know like I would and I would wake up and like no I'm still the same um and you know I I don't know how much I really thought past that um geez I hope I'm going the right direction um but yeah I don't really know how much I how much I thought past that in all honesty um but I do remember looking in the mirror and being like with my hair like wet 
you know, black, dark brown hair, um, not straight hair, and just the cut of my body was just like thin. I was like an athletic kid, so I was very thin and fit as a child, no longer. Um, I was pretty fit and thin. And um, yeah, I specifically remember thinking like, what am I gonna look like? Um, And I remember kind of thinking, okay, when I get older, I'm probably going to look more like Mowgli from the from the Jungle Book when I'm, like, a teen or something. That's kind of, in my head, what I thought. Because I was like, I don't have anything else that looks like me. I'm just, like, some kid with, like, wild hair, running around, jumping off trees and stuff. And, like, I didn't really know what else to think. Like, I was like, this is just how it's going to be. Like, <laughs> and I didn't really think too much about, like, what I was going to be, how it was going to be what I was going to look like, um, I was just so, um, just, there was just no representation around me, in all honesty, that made any real kind of sense, um, uh, I'm a four minute walk from where I need to be, I just don't know where the heck I am, um, great I need to be across the street um okay so that was kind of my um experience with trying to identify myself and then in addition to me not really being able to visualize kind of like what I was going to look like and what I wanted to look like and my preferences with like half of almost anything that existed on the face of the planet. Um, you know, I was also being told who I was and what I was and, you know, um, you know, having things like uh, you know, later in life anyways, like, um, a collegiate pastor telling me, like, oh, you probably don't have a boyfriend because you look so young, and guys think that you're way younger than you are, like, that was something that she would tell me, um, and I remember thinking, just in my mind, that when I get to be a certain age, um, that I'm gonna certainly suddenly, suddenly start liking dresses and like girlier clothing. Um, I thought it was like a maturity thing that you know, so I went through like you know, after fifth and sixth grade, I thought, okay, I'm gonna start liking this when I'm in junior, junior high, in my seventh grade year, or in my eighth grade year, I'm gonna like it. And this other year, I'm going to like it. Um, uh, Once I get to college, once I'm 15, I'm going to like it. Once I'm 13, I'm going to like this. Once I'm 16, you know, (laughs) the day never came. The day never came (laughs) where I was into dresses and makeup and all that kind of stuff. The day just never came. It still hasn't come yet. Um, I don't know when it hit me that it wasn't coming, but I thought for years that it was coming and I was like 
you know, I remember there was a certain age where my mom was like, you know, you're kind of at an age where you need to be wearing a bra, and I was just like, oh god, like, and she would tell me about it all the time, you need to wear this thing, you need to wear this thing, I mean, mind you, I was like, I had like nothing to wear it, you know, I had like no bodily figure whatsoever, like, and that was something to my advantage when I was a very young kid because I was so athletic and running around all the time. I didn't have a lot of body fat. And so my body, just physically the way my body looked, especially before puberty, I was all for it. I was like, you know, I don't have breasts. I don't have hips. I don't have anything, you know, like I was like the flattest scrawny thing. And I was so cool with it. I was like, just leave me like this. Like my clothes fit the way I like. Um... I can dress the way I want, I can, you know, you know, I, I would get a little embarrassed when people would misgender me, not so much, uh, because of them misgendering me, but it was more so because, um, um, I would just become upset with it because of people making like a big deal. Like, people would make, like, a big fuss about, like, you look like a, you look like a boy or whatever. And then they'd kind of, like, make a fuss about it instead of just being like, oh, somebody accidentally said that you're a boy and then just, like, leaving it at that. Um, so that got annoying, but then it was, like, I kind of was used to it and I knew how I looked. I was very aware of that. It's just I didn't identify as a boy, so it was kind of like a different kind of experience because I was like, well, I'm not a boy, so I don't know what the heck these people are trying to say here. But, um, And at that time, I wasn't too aware of, you know, being gay or anything whatsoever. I just thought I was supposed to grow up to be this very femme adult woman that really liked femme things and that was kind of the beginning of my thought processes was that eventually it's gonna happen where I'm gonna start aligning with what everybody's telling me and showing me about myself regardless of how I actually do authentically feel like one day I'm just gonna wake up or I'll eventually slowly mature into this person that everybody is telling me I'm gonna be so that's kind of the general overview of how things have kind of gone for me um, when I was young in my youth um and kind of the beginning of the evolution of things um I'll talk more in detail about like each kind of more specifically um but that's kind of like the general overview of kind of how you know my thinking process was going you know without really having a lot of direct knowledge about like anything um I wasn't really having any direct knowledge about like um any kind of like hardly anything at that age um I don't remember the age that I became aware of like gay um like what gay meant 
I don't think I ever asked anybody about it. I know that by the time I was in like third grade, fourth grade, I knew what it meant. Um, I don't think I really fully understood, though. Um, I don't know what age I was at when I did understand, but um, like first, I really have no clue where where I learned it from, um, which is kind of interesting because. I'm trying to think. I think through third grade, I don't think I really was associating with or knowing that many people who were, um, like, who were not religious people. I mostly knew religious people. So, um... Yeah, that that's one that's one thing. Um that's one thing I've kind of come across. Um kind of just like trying to remember that yeah, I really don't know um where I learned about it from. Um, it wasn't really a topic that came up in church or anything. Um, I mean, as a kid, I was always kind of, like, interested in, in sexuality in general. But there was, like, no... Um, like, this is, like, pre-internet, guys. So it's, like... Like, we didn't... I didn't grow up always having internet in the house. Um, I think I got my first email account at, through Yahoo when I was, like... I don't know if I was 16. I think I was in high school, though. Um, Because I remember being in, like, ninth grade. And there was this one boy that I, I used to play Magic the Gathering with. And he was always like, what's your email? And I was like, I don't have an email. Um, my dad set up our email accounts when we first got them. Um, he made us our usernames and our passwords and showed us how to log in and use it on Yahoo. And yeah, so I didn't even have email till probably like my sophomore, my sophomore year in high school or something like that. Um, and what year was that? That was like the year 2000 or 1999 or something like it was a long time ago. Um, and we had internet then. I remember we had dial-up before that because there was a certain point where you couldn't be on the phone where other people, when other people needed the internet. But because my dad's like really into techie stuff and computers and everything, he would always be upgrading, upgrading. And I remember specifically, um, you know, we used to have this old computer that had no internet, nothing on it. When I was like... Um, how old I was, I don't even know how old I was. I just remember where my bedroom was in the house. Um, and then I remember being around age, like, 7th grade, 8th grade. We had a Mac, um, Macintosh. Um, 
I don't remember if we had dial-up then. I don't think we did. I think we had it after. Um, we might have had internet back then, but I don't remember. Because um, also I wasn't like heavily using the phone till a certain age too. So I guess I maybe just might not have paid attention to it. Um, I remember we had Encarta and we had like CD-ROMs and things. Um... I'm trying to think about like when we started getting all those AOL um discs and things in the in in the mail for free. I really just don't remember. There's a certain age where my brother used to be on AIM a lot. So I know we definitely had internet then. But we got it like sometime around maybe my freshman year of high school or maybe like eighth grade seventh grade somewhere around then we got internet so I didn't always have internet my whole life like we had like a complete life without the internet um and so you know it's not like we could just go online and just like google what like if it wasn't on Encarta I wasn't learning about it if it wasn't in an encyclopedia we had like physical encyclopedias um I don't remember what brand they were I don't think they were Britannica they were like some other they were green and thick and old. I think they were used. But I remember looking up stuff in encyclopedias and like reading about animals and all kinds of stuff. I used to love encyclopedias so much. Um, and different cultures, like different like types of people and stuff like that. I was very intrigued. And like National Geographic. I used to read those during when we had class reading reading periods where we could just like sit in class and read. I would read like National Geographic to learn about different cultures and different types of people. So it's possible that maybe through National Geographic or um um I mean I grew up with cable television and we had HBO and we had um MTV with like the real world whatever that first season was with Puck or the first season I remember that had Puck I remember on MTV seeing, like, gay people, and then there was, like, some show, I think it was on HBO or something called, like, Real Sex or something like that, and I don't know if it had gay people on it or if it just talked about sex or what, and I remember listening to Loveline on K-Rock in LA, it's 106.7, and I think at nights between 10 p.m. and 12 p.m. weeknights, it would, it would be this, like, show where callers could call in and Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla would answer their questions about um sex questions basically about relationships and sexuality and stuff so those are the only ways I can think of that I would have come across something where there were like gay themes coming up um so I don't really know yeah, my and I, I grew up with like a TV in my room and we had a cable box and then at a certain point we started getting satellite and we almost always had movies and things and so I probably would have known from some something like that, but I I don't really remember the first time it came up. I just know that when my friend mentioned it to me, um, my lesbian friend when I was in like fourth grade and she was in third grade, I already knew what it was. And I remember in like third grade or fourth grade going to a community play and seeing this this girl 
um, that was like around my age playing the character of Peter Pan in the in the community theater, and I was like in love with this character and this person, the androgyny of it and everything. I was just like drawn to the whole thing and I was like oh my gosh I think I'm in love you know and I was like I from that second I was like I know I can't tell anybody this and I was there with like my religious school um and so those are just kind of like early things I remember but I never put two and two together to like far far past that point um just because it never naturally came up in a way that made sense to me where I could be like having like an aha moment you know like I think other people had aha moments for me and I was just like completely like oh no my parents say I'm straight and everybody says I'm gonna like you know when I when I grow up and I stop playing basketball and stop playing sports you know I'm gonna be more just like feminine and that's gonna be like I'll be more like the other people And that's kind of just what I assumed because it's what people kind of seem to be saying around me. And I didn't see anybody who was kind of like doing stuff the way I was. I mean, I had a couple friends, like I said, that lesbian friend, uh, she was always kind of like a little, I don't know if she would maybe call herself a tomboy or something. And um, I remember when she got her hair cut short, um, I liked it and she really liked it. But then I remember a lot of people saying like, oh, your hair's like a boy or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but I didn't know it bothered her. But um, I mean, I wasn't saying that, but I thought it was cool because I was like, cool, she is. She does kind of look a little bit more masculine. Um, I mean, I wasn't thinking those words, but I did notice it and I thought it was cool um, that her mom would let her cut her hair like that. And then um, there were some other things about her that were, you know, like, uh, I mean, we were like little kids, (laughs) so it's kind of like, you know, the stuff that happens when you're like so young, you're not really fully paying attention to all the details of it all the time until you're older, and then reflecting and looking back and being like, oh, like, (laughs) that should have been obvious to me, but I'm going to break some of these uh, topics down a little more, um, because this is kind of more like, I think... If I kept talking and talking, it's going to go on for like three hours. (laughs) So I'm going to have to break these up into smaller segments uh, for the more details of it all. All right. Thanks for listening.